to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. The mission of this radio show is to enable every listener to achieve their career aspirations and advance their careers to achieve their potential and meet their financial goals. Now, here are your hosts, Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Welcome. This is Ken and Cheryl Dawson. We have Janine Driver for us today. She's founder of the Body Language Institute, and we're going to be talking about nonverbal secrets to colossal success. Well, we've all heard about the importance of body language, and we've learned to read some of the most common body signals uh, in our communications, negotiations, and especially in those uh, uh, temptatious uh, uh, confrontations that we experience. But Janine Driver takes the use and interpretation of body language to a whole new level. Today we're going to be exploring some of her insights and recommendations on how to be more aware of the messages we send through our own body language and to read those of others. And whether in social or business or professional settings, our nonverbal messages are as important to success as those we deliver verbally. In our uh, ever-expanding cyber world, ultimately it is our face-to-face communications that may differentiate us. Before we uh, introduce uh, Janine, I want to share a little bit of her background. As I mentioned, she's founder, also president and lead instructor Uh, for the Body Language Institute, an elite certification program that offers award-winning advanced communications training to help executives, salespeople, and other professionals build executive presence, explode their selling skills, and create and deliver business presentations that win new business. Janine is an international communications expert, published author, keynote speaker, and a popular media guest. Uh, she's worked for the Federal Law Enforcement uh, Agency in the United States Department of Justice for 15 years, where she trained uh, lawyers, judges, and law enforcement officers how to read body language and detect deception. Welcome, Jan. Hello. Nice to be here, Cheryl. It's good to have you. Well, perhaps you could begin by telling us uh, how you uh, got involved in working for the federal government and how you became an expert in body language. Well, when I graduated from college in in 1992, no one had heard for the the little agency I ended up going to work for. It's called the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, ATF. And, of course, ATF was put on the map when the whole Waco, Texas, a debacle happens, so now many people know who the Department of, uh, uh, within the Department of Justice, who ATF is. Uh, the only thing I knew is alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. My dad said I was one of the lucky daughters who was able to turn my hobbies into a career. So, oh, real funny, Dad. <laughs> but I, I, I never heard of ATF. They came to my school, and quite frankly, I thought I wanted to be Julie McCoy on the Love Boat. I thought that that would be my big dream job is to go on a, on a cruise ship and and do the fun, playful stuff. I remember that show. Yes, I, that was my dream dream job, and and so the federal government kind of fell in my lap. And uh, early on in my career, I was about 22, 23 years old. I took a course on how to tell if people were lying, detecting deception, and it's the same exact skills that you see today on that show on Fox called Lie to Me. And I ended up being trained by the guy who this show Lie to Me is based on. Actually, it's based on two people: this guy, Dr. Paul Ekman, and this other guy, J.J. Newberry, who we might have a chance to talk about a little later in the interview. But I, I was really great. I was a young kid, and, and I soared through the class, and a year later they had me actually instructing. And since that point in time, I've trained 60,000 cops, lawyers, and judges how to tell them people are lying. I'm, I'm what they call a natural. I just am able to detect 
how the body language signals when someone's holding something back. And uh, I, after I retired from the government at 37 early, when I decided to take this to the business and dating world and family world and medical world, and I felt like what I knew within the government, the whole whole world could benefit from. It didn't have to be kind of a secret uh, skills just within within the Department of Justice. And that's where I am today. I, I created the Body Language Institute. I'm on the Today Show and Rachel Ray, and I've been on Larry King Live. I'm, I'm a popular media expert, and uh, I don't say that to boast, quite frankly, because they don't pay me to be there. I very rarely get work because of it, uh, but I say it because I'm very proud to get the message out to me- as many people as possible about the truth behind body language. It's not this tea leaf reading that a lot of people think about uh, when they read the rag mags, whether J-Lo is walking in sync with Mark Anthony or what's going on with Jennifer Aniston's love yeah. life these days. I, I'm the real deal. I've worked with the science side of things. Well, that's really interesting. What, what are some of those myths about body language that we should be aware of? You know, they'll always talk that most, well, there's a couple common ones. One is the crossed arms. Crossed arms sends a message. You want to be bored and disinterested. And we all know, this is kind of an obvious one, that if you're cold, you might cross your arms, or it might just be your normal behavior. I call that, what is someone's baseline? I always say with body language, there's two rules. One, what are you saying to others? Because when it comes to what you're saying to others, quite frankly, the myths matter. The myths matter because they've picked up these rag mags or these junk books that keep being, you know, basically every body language book out there currently is the same exact garbage repeated over and over. So they say, okay, anytime someone crosses their arms, they want to be someplace else. They're creating a shield. So the myths matter because people are judging you by them. So what are you saying to others? Now the other side of the coin is you reading others, and that's really where the breaking myths come in, being careful of reading people and judging them by these myths. I mean, there was a study recently on crossed arms, and if you crossed your arms when you're trying to solve a difficult problem and you're sitting there and and you can't solve it, you're really struggling, the best thing you can do is cross your arms. You're 30% more likely to get the correct answer, and you'll stay on the problem 30% longer. So there's a benefit to crossed arms. It's not I don't call it a negative body language. I, I, I call it there's a time and a place. It's just a matter of what message are you sending to others when you're in front of them. I mean, if you think about it, Cheryl, when we see these cop cases and they have, like, the old boxes, they have these unsolved cases, the cold cases, as we yeah. call them in law enforcement, mm-hmm. and they take the boxes of crap of files and evidence and folders, what do you see the cops do? The first thing they do, they cross their arms. <laughs> that's, that's why they're trying to solve a difficult problem, and that's actually a benefit. A- another popular myth is eye contact. Well, we say you want to look someone in the eye, want to look someone in the eye. Again, this is twofold. Number one, what, how much eye contact are you giving others? And number two, be careful on reading the others if they don't give you a lot of eye contact. The first being, uh, the correct amount of eye contact is 60% of eye contact in a professional setting here in the United States. Often, more often than not, I'll get 80% of the people in a class, when I ask them to raise their hand, how much eye contact they think is appropriate, 40, 60, or 80. Most people will say 80 now, that's fine if you're a law enforcement officer because 80% is considered intimidating. Or if you're confronting your teenager if they're smoking. <laughs> yeah, really. Then bring on the 80%. Otherwise, you really want to keep it at 60%. And you keep eye contact in the upside-down triangle, which goes from our eyebrows, from one eyebrow down to our nose, up to the other eyebrow, like we were doing an upside-down triangle. Now, the other side of the coin with eye contact is this. How much eye contact are people giving you? Oftentimes, you know, when we were kids, our mothers would always say, or our grandmothers would say, you know, look at me in the eye when I'm talking to you. 
Well, the bottom line is uh, almost a third of people in this country are auditory, and they process through sound. Yes. And because of that, what will happen is they'll tend to give less eye contact, and they actually have their ear facing you when you're talking, mm-hmm. and they're lending you an ear. That's their version of eye contact. But so often I'll get people that come to my classes or contact me, and they'll say, my boss never looks me in the eye. I think my boss doesn't like me. I think my boyfriend, my new boyfriend's cheating on me. He never looks me in the eye. Well, maybe they're auditory. You know, maybe that's how they process their world. Do they use words such as, that sounds good, I hear you. These are auditory words. Do they play an instrument or like a music a lot? Uh, it's not just one rule of thumb when it comes to nonverbal communication. Yeah, that's really, really good input. Yeah, Janine, Janine, this is Ken Dawson. Thanks very much for being on the show. Um, You're welcome, Ken. I have a question for you. Can you detect deception over the phone, or can you detect deception without actually looking at a person? Well, I can, uh, not necessarily by body language, because obviously you're not in front of me, but certainly by your tone and your pitch of voice. Over 80% of people, when they're being deceptive, whether they're over the phone or in person, their tone of voice will change. So right now I have a certain tone and a certain pitch. If, Ken, all of a sudden I raise my voice and say, why did you ask me that question, Ken? Why would you say that? Of course I can tell. Now that is what I call a hot spot or a probing point. Why did my tone, why did my pitch change? It it appears that I'm angry when my tone goes up. And most people, probably over 90% people, if I ask them, what do you think, what emotion are people hiding when they raise their voice and they start talking to you aggressively? And most people will say that it's anger. But in fact, it tends to be more often than not equally divided between anger and fear. And when people are getting closer to the truth, as I ask you a question, have, Ken, have you ever cheated on your wife? You go, what kind of person do you think I am? Well, maybe it's because fear is creeping in and you're trying to get angry because when people are angry, what do we do? We back down. I back down on questioning. I give you more space. Oh, he's getting so angry. When in fact, I could be tiptoeing closer and closer and closer to revealing something you don't want me to know. So absolutely. Now, another big thing is I'm not just a body language expert because I worked for the Justice Department for 15 years. There are verbal indicators of deception. I'll give you a couple of those now as a little bonus. Uh, Stalling techniques like what I just gave an example of. Have you ever cheated on my wife? What kind of person do you think I am? I'd have to be stupid to do something like that. I swear to God, ask my best friends. They'll tell you. This is a big one. Ask my friends, Mom. They'll tell you I don't smoke. That's called character testimony. If I ask my kid, honey, are you smoking? And they say, Mom, ask my friends. They'll tell you I would never smoke in a million years. That's called convince rather than convey. The correct answer is no, I don't smoke. But when you try to convince me of something, Mm -hmm. typically the deceptive people lie in that range of convincing where the honest people lie in conveying information. I'm conveying the information. Mm -hmm. I'm always looking for a no. I'm not looking for a never. Roger Clemens, what did he do? He's talking about steroids. He says, never, never, never. I never took the steroids. What did Bill Clinton say? I never told anyone to lie. Never, not a single time, never. He uses the word never in 20 seconds when he lied about Monica Lewinsky. The words never in and of itself, I call those the word never a verbal puffer-upper. You know when a beautiful woman walks by? When Cheryl walks by you, Ken, you like put your hands on your hips and puff out your chest to look bigger than you are. Well, that's what happens with the word never. <laughs> never is saying the same thing. It's, it's taking no and exploding no into that Superman pose. It's putting, <laughs> it's putting the hands on the hips of the word no and saying, look how big and powerful I am. 
So uh, there are words like that that I look for with deception. So I can definitely tell if someone's lying over the phone. How interesting. Janine, oh, we have... Uh, we won't tell any <laughs> lies today. Um, it's a good thing we're not looking at each other, Janine. That's all I can say. <laughs> Janine, uh, we have um, uh, many people who are currently looking for a job, and I'm looking at your information here, and help our audience with what you teach and how it can help them get a job? Uh, Well, you know what? The first thing is I want to start off by saying I'm super confident. And people will say, well, of course you can be confident. You walked around with a gun, a 9-millimeter strapped to your hip and had a badge. Of course you're going to have confidence. Quite frankly, I worked on our regulatory side of the house. I taught the agents, the special agents that carried the guns, uh, but I was on the regulatory side. I didn't have a gun. I was going into homes of gun dealers who sold them in their basements, machine guns, uh, loaded weapons. These were skinheads, Nazis, people who sell guns to our children in school so they can make a couple extra bucks and buy drugs. And I was going in without a gun. And, and without This is before cell phones, before GPSs. The one thing I had going for me was confidence. And when it comes to having a job interview, that's the one thing people really need, is they don't have to overthink it. It's really look at the people in your life who are confident, and figure out what is it that they're doing. How do they stand? How do they speak? How do they shake hands? Uh, look for your, your confident role models. And even ask them. You can go up to a stranger on the street. You appear to be so confident. What is it that you're doing? Typically, it comes from the inside out. If you, on the inside, believe you're powerful, and I think you can fake it. You know, I could, I could get up on stage and, and dance like Madonna if I wanted to and, and, and do the best that I can. The same thing happens with confidence. Find out who's confident in your life or maybe a Donald Trump or Oprah Winfrey and find your confident role model and look at how Oprah holds herself. Look how she looks at someone when she has eye contact. Look how her answers are clear and concise. Uh, Of course, posture is important. I think big mistakes on job interviews people make is they'll shake the hand initially when they go into an interview and oftentimes they'll just put their arm out to the side. So if I just... We're going to do a jumping jack. My hand is out on the side, and they'll outstretch my arm so my shoulder is facing the person, and I'll say, thanks so much for meeting with me. Well, this is considered the cold shoulder because I am literally have my belly button facing straight ahead. It's not facing the person I'm interviewing with. It's facing the seat or the door. And quite frankly, this is another big mess. We think eye contact is the most important when it comes to an interview. The belly button is just as important, if not even more important. Where we direct our belly button sends the message to people, I like, admire, and trust you. And the last thing that you should do on an interview... Wait, we're going to have to take a little break here, Janine, and we'll come back and we'll finish that cue. So don't go away. Beautiful. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition. And through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com, thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to 
www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson. And check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career success. Better job, better pay, better life. Everybody needs a little heart and soul in their lives, and we are here to bring it to you. Join host Jory Fisher in the middle of your week for Heart and Soul, Reflections on Passion, Purpose, and Perseverance. Jory and her accomplished guests will share with you what motivates them to lead lives that truly matter. You'll be inspired to live your life intentionally and on purpose. For stories of faith, hope, and second chances, be sure to join us every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, for Heart and Soul with Jory Fisher on the Voice America Variety Channel. Confessions of a Potentially Perfect Parent, brought to you by AdoptUsKids.org. Okay, here goes. I know more about cooking dinner for a party of 12 than I do about packing a lunch for a 12-year-old. I know kids like things like PB&J, pigs in a blanket. Oh, and fish sticks. They do love fish sticks. Filets I get, but sticks? What part of the fish does the stick come from? I know I can read a cookbook that'll tell me how to make a red wine reduction, but where are the cookbooks that can teach me how to cut the crusts off bologna sandwiches? Oh, maybe we can compromise on mac and cheese. Can you make that with brie? Everybody likes brie, right? You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who would love to push your food around their plate. Call 1-888-200-4005 or visit adoptuskids.org for more information. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt Us Kids, and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show? Please call toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. This is Ken and Cheryl Dawson with Janine Driver, and we're learning a tremendous amount about nonverbal Uh, secrets, and many of them can help you achieve your success, whether it's in your career or in your job search. And just as we were uh, concluding the last segment, Janine was sharing with us some of the uh, big clues that uh, can come across in a negative way in a job search, and maybe we can pick up on, you were going to mention one other, Janine, that came to mind. Well, just I was wrapping up on the, the, I call it the belly button rule. Make sure your belly button is always facing the person you're interviewing with, and the last thing you want to do is have your leg crossed, uh, the leg that is closest to the person you're interviewing with. If, if I'm being interviewed directly across from me, I have my right leg on top of my left, where most women will sit that way, or men will sit with their ankle crossing, across their knee in what looks like a big, gigantic number four, literally called the figure four position. Make sure that your leg that is on top is the furthest leg away from the person asking you the questions, the hiring manager or recruiter. Because if it is on top and it is creating a barrier between you and them, something subconsciously is going to register with them saying, mm, I don't think they're a fit. 
my ideal recommendation is actually don't cross your legs at all. Just mm-hmm. keep them firmly on the ground. It says you're level-headed, you've got both feet on the ground, and isn't that what we want them to believe? And hopefully it's the case. It's true. Well, I, we certainly agree with you on the confidence issue that you mentioned. There's so many ways to communicate confidence uh, in Job Search Atoll System. We talk a lot about the importance of preparation, and um, that goes into uh, you know preparing for your resume, preparing for your interview, and the communications that you're going to have in so many other ways. In similar fashion, you're preparing people from um, you know head to toe, so to speak, of how they can exude that confidence. Uh, what are some of the head positions that you're recommending for listening and answering uh, in the interview situation? That's a, that's a great question, Cheryl. The, the head is so important, not only head positions but facial expressions, and, and I'd love to share a couple with you. It's the head, when you're listening to the person asking a question, your head should be slightly tilted to the side. It says, I'm paying attention, you're important. However, when you are answering a question, you want to make sure your head is level-headed. So your facial, your face should be facing directly to, towards the hiring manager or recruiter, not having a tilted head. Your head should be planted firmly in the middle of your two shoulders. It says that I can be counted on, I am stable, I am together. Extremely crucial. Um, Obama, when he gets into the hot seat and answers some tough questions, you'll occasionally see the president tilting his head to the side as he's giving us a response. Those are responses that are indicative that he's not crazy about answering those questions. When you are confident and you are behind your answer, your head will always be Mm level-headed. Now, with your facial expressions, be very cautious. If they're asking you something you're worried about answering, it's a job or you have a huge gap in your resume because you got laid off, whatever it might be, and you're nervous about it, Studies have shown that mere strangers can pick up on our fear and our anger more so than the loved ones in our lives because our loved ones will make excuses for us. So if you're fearful or you're angry going into that interview because you just got laid off and you're so angry that you have to go on another interview or you're scared, you need to create a diversion. One of the things you can do is literally crinkle your toes inside your shoe or wrap one of your legs underneath the chair, on the leg of the chair. This is what poker players do all the time when they get a bad hand. It's like, oh, they can't scream out, shoot, this hand stinks. So what they do is they wrap their leg around a chair. Uh, now, if the interviewer can see your leg, I wouldn't recommend that. No, I your toes. <laughs> Right, but squeeze your toes inside your shoes. More often than not, the interview will not see your leg because there's a desk between you. I'd much rather you take out that stress um, on the lower half of your body than in your facial expressions. Very interesting. Uh, a wrinkled nose, it sends the message of disgust. Uh, I know someone, her name's Nicole Nelson, and we were on Rachel Ray's show together. She had trouble getting a second date, and every time she laughed, she wrinkled her nose. Well, that's just her normal behavior, but the guys were taking it as disgust. And they all walked away from dates thinking, oh, Nicole doesn't like me. And it was all subconscious. Well, be careful if you laugh and your nose wrinkles or when you smile, your nose wrinkles. Pay attention. Look at your face in the mirror. What are you saying to the interviewing manager or the hiring recruiter? We like to do uh, videotaping for our our clients for practice interviewing, and that's one of the things to pick up some of these body language cues that uh, could be sending off the wrong messages. So that's great. Well, whether you're looking for a job or to make a sale, what what are some of the tips for building rapport? Asking open-ended questions is really the the best way. You want to find people like people like themselves. That's what rapport is, and 
if you can find that commonality with someone, that's really crucial. Asking great questions. I love the how questions. If instead of saying, uh, "Do you do you like this company? Do you like working for this company?" Yes. Uh, that's a that's a close-ended question. You're not going to get anywhere. Uh, instead, how do you like working for this company? You're going to get a, a larger response by establishing that open-ended question. You get a longer response. Now you know how to establish rapport. I, I think the best interviews, quite frankly, are when the people being interviewed get the person who's interviewing them to talk almost twice as much as they do. If you can get them talking, ultimately everyone wants to talk. If you get them talking, they're going to walk out and say, wow, I really enjoyed talking to her. And that's a great way to get that rapport building and, and make them feel valued. Uh, you know, keep in mind when you're establishing rapport, what is their tone? What is their pitch? I'm a Boston girl. I talk a lot, as you know, as you can see, and I talk fast. If I was being interviewed down south, I'd need to slow it down a little bit. Now, I will break a myth here. A lot of people will say you want to mirror their body language. If you are mirroring negative body language, that's, that's so 90s. It's, it's the kiss of death today. If someone has their arms crossed, I recommend not crossing your arms. Instead, move their bodies, move their minds. One of the things you could do, go, do is, hey, I'd like to show you um, a sample of something that I brought. Can I come onto that side of your desk and, and, and show you what I brought with me? As soon as they say yes and you go over there, they're going to uncross their arms because you're going to be showing them a piece of paper. If you get permission to go on their side of the desk, that is awesome. That's like someone opening their front door to their house saying, come on in for a cup of tea. Very interesting. Well, uh, you know, one of the um, uh, important cues is to lean forward in an interviewer sales meeting. Why is that helpful in, in making the sale or, or getting the offer? Now, this is, this is a, a dicey one as well. I believe in leaning forward. As a matter of fact, a great tip is to not sit back in your chair, to just sit in the front uh, like three quarters of your chair. It will increase your posture. A big mistake people do is they use this lean forward too soon. And when you do that, you look like a used car salesman. It's, yeah. it's like the shocks are attacking. You look too desperate. Again, going back to what I spoke about earlier in the interview, convince rather than convey. You're, you're trying to convince them that you care about them. The, the better trick here is when you begin to ask those open-ended questions and, and, and respond with them and, and uh, you know, have the conversation grow, find that commonality. And when you say, oh, you know what, I went to school in Cambridge, Massachusetts, bam, now I look at it like a fishing line. When they throw that bait in front of you that you can nibble on, let them pull you in at that point as if they just got you on their line. So, really, you're from, you went to school in Cambridge. I'm from Waltham, Massachusetts, north, northwest of Boston, initially. Now I can pull into that lean. It's almost like a dance. Yeah. You have to wait until the person leading pulls you in that direction. Yeah, that's really great. Well, changing uh, gears a little bit here, you've trained huge corporations. Um, uh, how will you... Um, uh, how do you promote your programs and attract uh, those organizations to your work? Yeah, well, I have you know, my clients include AOL, Coca-Cola, Booz Allen Hamilton, Lockheed Martin, uh, Wyndham Vacation Home Ownership. Uh, I, I, you know, I have a woman that works with me. Her name's Tracy Allen, and I think that, and this is something I'd recommend for everyone: get someone. You know, when you have someone that believes in you and they have their own mission, you believe in them, they believe in you 100%, it's amazing how much it can open the door for you. You know, here's, uh, I, 
it's a big difference for me to call a company, Coca-Cola, say, and say, hi, you should hire me. I'm on the Today Show once a month, and I was on Larry King Live a couple months ago, and Rachel Ray, and I'm friends with a whole bunch of celebrities, and um, I used to do stand-up comedy with Chris Rock and Robin Williams, and you should hire me. Bring me in. Pay me $9,000 to speak to your company. I can win you new business when you do. Well, that's, that's terrible. It's convincing rather than, rather than conveying. When I have Tracy call and do this for me, what happens? They get all excited. They want to talk to me. I become this, you know, C-level celebrity that they want to bring into their company. And this can happen, too, with compliments. If you're in a job interview or you're in sales or you're already in, an, in a position, but you want to get that next promotion, is don't compliment your boss directly. Have someone else compliment their boss for you. And you would say, for instance, I would go up to Ken and I'd say, Ken, you know what? Cheryl says the greatest things about you. She always sings your praises, how you're so organized and always on time, and she really admires that about you. It's going to mean ten times more if I say it to Ken versus Cheryl saying directly, hey, this is one of the things I admire in you. It's great to have someone on your side, and that's quite frankly, that's how I get my foot in the door with all these huge companies. Everyone needs a Tracy Allen on their side. Janine, um, help us with the difference between men and women relative to everything you were discussing. Uh, men and women, I, I quite frankly think we're extremely the same except for one thing. Well, two things, in my opinion. Uh, one of which is men are somewhat trained and conditioned throughout their life to only show one emotion, and that tends to be anger. So when guys are sad and their feelings are hurt, they tend to be angry. When guys are scared, they tend to be angry. When guys are happy, they'll tend to be angry. So <laughs> anger is their, like, go-to emotion. So for us, we have to kind of de decode what's really going on. And this is one of the big differences for us. We are great at it. Women, we are intuitive. We are so wonderful at interpreting body language. We know what people are saying without saying a word. As a young girl at eight years old, I, I knew immediately when I went into a friend's house which parents liked me and which didn't, just, just by reading body language, and we're all good at it. Now, men, here's the difference. Men aren't that great at reading body language, but they're super great at being confident. They're great at using body language to get what they want. Mm. And that's where women, we need a little more work. We need a little more work on taking up space. You know, if you look at a guy's desk or you sit in a meeting, guys spread their crap all over the place. They got their, you know, iPhone in one direction, a cup of coffee in another direction. They're booking it. Their leg is spread out. They've got both elbows on the seats in front of them, or one arm might be wrapped around the empty chair next to them. They spread their crap out. This is like they got there early and peeing in the perimeter and marked their territory. <laughs> and us women, we need to do that. We need to spread our crap out. We need to pee in the perimeter and, and mark our territory and say, hey, I'm a force to be reckoned with. I am a powerful, confident person. I'm a powerful woman, and you need me to be a part of your business or to take me to the next level of your business. And I, I, mean, I the, re that's... the reason I ask the question is because oftentimes, women who come upon uh, or come into an interview um, are, in some cases, intimidated by men and, as a result, tend to be overbearing, and that comes across as a negative to men. Could you speak to that for just a minute? Yeah, I yeah, only, absolutely have, only have a few seconds. So. Yeah, yeah, I think that a lot of women do do that. They'll overcompensate. I think the big thing is for them to just go in that we're equals. If they try to dominate you with a hand-down palm shake, when they're shaking your hand, their palm is facing down. They force you into a palm-up position, which is what's called the beggar's pose. Instead of being intimidated by that, give them a little hand hug. Take your other hand, put it on top of them. You're saying, I'm your equal. 
And, and you know what? Look how he's doing it. Don't overcompensate. Just be confident. Watch your posture. Lean in when the story fishes you to lean in. Use that eye contact and upside-down triangle and keep it at about 60%. And then ask us oh, those open-ended questions and establish rapport. You don't have to oversell yourself. I don't call companies and oversell all my celebrity status. Okay, we're going to need to take a break here, Janine. When we get back, we'll talk more about how you can win with body language, so stay tuned. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition. And through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com, thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson, and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career success better job better pay better life being here with ariel and shia kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment this show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment don't miss being here tune in every wednesday at 9 a.m pacific 12 noon eastern with ariel and shia kane right here on the seventh wave network These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please call toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. We're here with Janine Driver, and we're learning all the great tips on uh, successful body language and also reading uh, the nonverbal cues. And uh, we're talking quite a bit about uh, how we can use it successfully in uh, in the interview situation and sales meetings. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, the hands and the head positioning and crossing legs and so forth. What are some tips for the use of the hands in a serious discussion? And, and how would the interviewee get a read on the seriousness of an interviewer's concerns during an interview? 
Uh, that, that's that's great. I'm a, I'm a big hand person when it comes to interviews. The biggest mistake people make is they'll use their hand gestures outside of the frame of their body. All your hand gestures should be within the grasp of your shoulders, within the reach of your shoulders, so in the frame of your body. If you go outside your shoulder range, what happens is you're sending a message that you're out of control, too exuberant, you're trying too hard. You want to keep them in the frame of your body. A lot of open palm gestures. When we show our palm, this is called the beggar's pose, a dollar please, a dollar please, a dollar please. It's vulnerability. It's openness. It's really powerful. Now, if they talk about that question, you know, what are your biggest weaknesses, and you talk about how you solved one of your biggest weaknesses that you had in a previous job, and you weren't great at communicating uh, to motivate people. But since then, you've taken a course, and you've led many teams where you've motivated them. You might talk with your palm down in a pushing gesture on how you've solved the problem. You could say something like, this is what, this is what I used to do, and this is how I've solved it. And then you can push it away from you because that's what's happening when you talk and you do that palm down gesture. Your palm is facing down to the ground as if you're doing an in-the-air push-up. Otherwise, this is a very aggressive move if you're using this with just general questions. You should only do it when you're talking about something you used to do. You can push that away. Other hand gestures, this one's dynamite, and we saw this at the election for president, is that you do the A-OK sign. This is called an emblem. An emblem is a common recognizable signal that people subconsciously or unconsciously pick up on. So as you're talking about why you're fit for this company, think like a politician. Put your thumb on your first finger and make the A-OK sign. It says precise thought, yet it's sending the message, pick me for this position and everything's going to be okay. Or work with my company or let's kick up your sales with our company another notch this year. Everything's going to be okay. That's a good one. Well, how about the the when you put that kind of steeple design with your fingers together? Is that a good one? I think steeples are out of control these days. <laughs> Steepling is what we see with Donald Trump. He does it just before you're fired on The Apprentice. Yeah, that's not good. So it's prayer hands. He fires you and goes right back. Now, steepling in and of itself is considered power, authority, and confidence. It says I have it all figured out. I'm all for the steeple at the end of the interview. The end of the interview, they say, do you have any questions of us? Bring out the steeple. It says that you're very confident and super prepared. If you're steepling throughout the interview, I personally think of it as arrogance. We see on the, the Simpsons when we, when we see Mr. Burns say, Smithers, Smithers, mm-hmm. and he does that little spooky steeple. Uh, it's, I find it to be overly aggressive. I've spoken with, with hiring recruiters. I've worked with them all the time. I have a class, How to Get the Job and Grow Rich. And they say that steepling is actually a very aggressive move to do during an interview. Now, you can do an, a version of steepling, and one of them is what I just talked about, that AOK. Right. That AOK is a two-fingered steeple. And the other one Obama does all the time is almost like you're holding an invisible basketball, this small basketball. And Columbo used to do this at the end of his investigation. It'd be all done, and he'd say, Cheryl, Ken, I've got to ask you one more question with the cigar hanging off his hand. Right. In this invisible basketball hold steeple, if you do that, it's power, authority, and confidence with heart and passion. And whether you're like our current president or not, that's his message. He's all about passion. Well, isn't that something you want, whether it's your client or future client or customer or future boss, to know about you? that you're in control, but yet you have a heart and passion. That is a great move when you're answering questions, to have both hands kind of cupped out, facing each other like you're holding a small basketball. Okay, that's better than the clasped hand and the double-barreled finger, huh? Oh, never do the clasped hands in the, in the lap. You're covering what I call the naughty bits there. <laughs> 
Clasp hands is how people sit on The Apprentice before they're fired by Donald Trump. Clasp hands is what my son does when I come home from grocery shopping and he wants sugared cereal. You know, Mom, can I have sugar corn pops, please? It's a begging pose. It's very passive. A lot of people do it. It's You want to keep your three zones open, your power zones, which are your neck dimple, that's the area that indents on your throat, your belly button, and what I call the naughty bits, the below-the-belt area. Never cross that threshold with your with your crossed arms, crossed legs, a coat laying across your lap, a pocketbook on your lap, a notebook on your lap. No, 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 no. Interesting. How about touching the face? <laughs> Absolutely not. I, I laugh at that. That's the kiss of death. A lot of people think when you touch your face that you're lying and being deceptive because when people lie, the blood often races from their head to their arms and their legs because when we lie, we go under stress and we hit, hit fight or flight. You're not fighting with your face, so the blood goes to areas that it needs to fight or run. So it goes to your arms and your legs, and our face will get itchy when we're deceptive. A lot of hiring managers and recruiters literally look for that. It's often on a checklist, did they touch their face during an interview. They think that it's deceptive. It does not mean you're deceptive. But you know what? These myths matter, and that's what I was saying earlier. They matter because we're being judged by these myths that have been around forever. If you have a touch on your face, I don't care if your eyeballs are going to start bleeding. If you, don't, if you don't scratch this itch on your nose, you need to wait until they break eye contact or they look away or they grab your resume or grab something out of a drawer. Do not touch your face in an interview. Oh, interesting. Well, uh, there are so many emotions that you can read in, in facial expressions, and as you mentioned earlier, sometimes you can misread those. But if you do sense that there's concern from the interviewer or somebody that you're trying to sell a service or a product to, what can you say to get them to talk about it so you know kind of where they're thinking or what the emotions they're going through? Can I just say I love that you asked me this question? I, I call them what my what I teach the new body language because the old body language didn't doesn't have this step, and this is truly the crucial step on tying it together. When you notice a change in someone's behavior, or it seems like a disconnect between what they're verbally saying and what their body language is saying, there's an incongruency there. Don't be mind readers. I, I, this is not a mind reading course. I don't teach mind reading. I teach communication. When you notice something that doesn't seem right, you would simply say, "Maybe I'm wrong here, Cheryl." Maybe I'm wrong here, Stephen. Maybe I'm wrong here, Bob. It seems to me that something's not sitting right with you. You know what? Maybe it's as simple as, oh, I, I think the interview is going great, but I have to run to the restroom. Or, oh, I have a new puppy, and I forgot to let him out before I left. Do you mind if I make a phone call? I'm actually distracted. I want to call my neighbor. I don't want the dog, you know, going all over, the, over my house. Don't be a mind reader. You don't know what is causing this behavior. I have to tell you, one time I was in a meeting. I was hiring a woman to do some body language flashcards for me. She's a designer. The meeting ran 10 minutes late. She starts scratching her nose with her middle finger. Now, <laughs> you can imagine what she's saying to me. But I, it, She could have said, I, I, I'm not running my meeting on time. She wants to get out of there. Maybe she doesn't like me. All I said is, maybe I'm wrong here, Aisa. It seems to me that something's not sitting right with you in the last couple minutes. And had you been at that Starbucks over on 7th Street in Chinatown in D.C., you would have heard her say this. Janine, I can work for another two hours here at this meeting. I'm just parked at a meter, and the meter expired 10 minutes ago. Do you mind if I run out and put some quarters in? Don't be mind readers. You're going to walk away from an awesome job interview or an awesome new client by being a mind reader instead of just clarifying. Maybe I'm wrong here. It seems to me there's more to the story or there's something else on your mind. I think I think that technique is one of the greatest uh, of all the ones I've read in your in your materials. So... Everybody should remember that one for sure. 
Now, you have targeted executive presence as kind of the cornerstone of your programs, and you talked earlier about the importance of women establishing their presence to go along with their confidence. Is that the main thing that you're getting at here with the executive presence? Yeah, you know what? If you look at studies right now, they'll show that uh, the CEOs of the companies uh, that are doing the, the greatest in this country actually do not have executive presence. Executive presence is when you walk out to that stage, you have a little skip and a jump in your step. It's when you arrive into a room, people are excited and they light up to see you. And executive presence is not coming out with a smile permanently attached to your face. Uh, the better thing on the smile aspect is you just come out with kind of a smirk, like you know a secret no one else knows. And you don't smile until someone says hello. And you say, hi, Janine, I'm Cheryl. As soon as you say your name, Cheryl, bam, I show you my open mouth smile. Hey, Cheryl, nice to meet you. It's not this coming in with this perma smile. And some people think that that's what executive presence is. You walk into a room and you're, you're smiling. That's irritating. We actually try to avoid those people. They get on our nerves. Uh, executive presence is so much different. It is about confidence. It is about walking into a room and having something can, to contribute. And by having this positive, your hands aren't in your pockets. And if they are in your pockets, your thumbs are sticking out on the outside of your jeans or your pants or your suit. Uh, saying you're ready to take action. John F. Kennedy did it all the time. We see massive celebrities, Brad, Brad Pitt, the thumb sticking out, all the kids in American Idol, the top ten, super confident. It is the whole package. And, and although our current CEOs do not have do not have this charismatic executive presence, in the next five to ten to 15, 20 years, we believe People in my industry, people, the world thought leaders believe that the, the CEOs of large companies will need to have it. Why? Our current president has it. When he steps on a stage and he walks out there on the platform, you feel like he's going to play a basketball game. He's so exuberant and full of executive presence. And, and the bottom line is uh, their change is here and change is coming. And this is what the companies are looking for to replace their current CEOs. They're interviewing people not just with the skill sets, not with just the knowledge, not with computer information because they've worked their butts off for 20 years. They want to know you can carry a conversation, walk into a room anywhere in this world where a global economy and wow, the whole entire world with your charisma and, and your confidence. Wow, that's a great, powerful note to end the third segment on. We'll be back in just a few seconds, so don't go away. Stay tuned. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition and through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com. Thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson, and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career success better job better pay better life tune in 
on Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Healing the Grieving Heart, the program that takes you on a journey through grief after the death of a child. Join Dr. Gloria Horsley, marriage and family therapist and bereaved parent, while she interviews and discusses with other bereaved parents and siblings how they have coped with the death of a child and gone on to create and realize new dreams. So tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Healing the Grieving Heart with Dr. Gloria Horsley, right here on Voice America Health & Wellness. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show? Please call toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Janine Driver here with us. Um, uh founder of the Body Language Institute, and we've been covering uh, some of the wonderful nonverbal secrets for colossal success, and we certainly have covered the waterfront here. And, Ken, I know you had a question. You wanted to get back on some of the uh, techniques for interviewing. Yeah, Cheryl. Um, uh, Denane, the Job Search Total System, our system, talks about not only everything you've addressed in this radio show, but the importance of bringing the success, the interview to a successful conclusion by talking about how they can impact the bottom line of the company, how much they can make and save the company, which is truly the success. Could you share your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think uh, every 40 years in this, this country especially, we go through different cycles, and we go through a social cycle and a personal cycle. In the last 40 years, it was all about self-help, me, 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 me. Well, in the next 40 years, it actually started a couple of years ago, it's all about us, 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 community. What can we do for others? And if you are going in saying, this is what I've done, this is how great I am, and you're listing your accomplishments, you're going to never hear from that company again. And if you are, it's just because the people they really wanted were unavailable. Because you need to make it all about them, them, them. Literally on your resume in and of itself at the top, you need to say, I'm looking for a company that can benefit from having someone with 15 years federal government experience, training experience, media experience, blah, blah, blah. You don't just say, this is who you are. Looking for a company who can benefit. Every sentence you say, you need to tie it back in. I call it the who cares factor. Every time you ask me a question, Janine, tell me about your three biggest strengths. Every strength I tell you about, A, I want to give you an example. I don't want to say I'm organized. I want to give a very specific example. Let me give you an example. My, my supervisor gave me a task. She asked me to create Project Safe Neighborhoods for 600 law enforcement officers and attorneys. She gave me that task, told me the date. I did the rest, and this is what I did, outlining it, A, B, C. And this is what it means to your company, IBM, Coca-Cola, AOL, whoever you might be is that in those tough situations, you can give me a large project and I can then chunk those into smaller categories to make sure you're getting your objective met in, in making it you know, a successful venture. I always say, it's my go-to line, anytime I'm on television, the producer, you know, my job is to sell the producer. Why am I a better guest for body language than someone else? I'm a big girl. I'm a size 20. There are beautiful, skinny, physically fit body language experts out there that aren't getting the gigs. 
And they're charismatic. Why aren't they getting it? Because it's all about them, them, them. For me, when I meet a producer, I say, listen, I've got one job here when I'm on your show tomorrow, and that is to make you look good. My job is to make your job easy and to make you look good. And if I can succeed on those two things, then I consider it a successful day. They have me back time and time and time again. You need to do the job on the job interview the same exact thing. You need to make them feel good, not you feel good when you walk out of that room. They need to feel good. They need to feel like you're going to contribute to this company. They can't live without you. How have they lived without you so far? Yeah, exactly. And that's really what the total system prepares uh, our clients and readers to do, is to be able to identify, first of all, how they can add value, where they've added value in the past, and how they can do that in the future. So you're exactly on target. Now, you've got a new book project coming out soon, Janine. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, I love this book. It's a, it's a book I wish was out there 20 years ago for me when I was learning body language and putting it all together. It's, it's called You Say More Than You Think, and the subtitle is The Seven-Day Plan on Using the New Body Language to Get What You Want. It's, uh-huh. coming, out, it's coming out in February 16th. It's, a, it's from Crown, a division of Random House. And it breaks it down into a seven-day cycle. I teach you one thing for seven days. Uh, you learn one new skill. There's about 15 exercises, well, more like seven at the end of every chapter, about seven exercises, uh, a total of probably 50 throughout the book. And it puts the lesson into context, and it literally changes your life. You, anytime I've uh, read a book in the past, I always felt like uh, I have a client. We'll call her Cheryl. Cheryl came to me, and this is how I solved her problem. I always felt like Cheryl's a made-up person. So in my book, I have real people, their first names, their last names. You even see pictures of them. They followed the seven-day plan with me as last summer, and uh, you get to see the results. And on my website, once it's up and running, you say more than you think, uh, they'll actually have those videos. I videotaped real people using this book to change their lives. And today there's someone, there's two people engaged, someone else owns their own business, someone else is a DJ and a radio show, uh, someone else has had a girlfriend for the last year and a half, and he, up until that point, until taking the, the challenge, had not had a girlfriend in years. It is literally, someone else had the upper hand in a court case when she was battling for custody. Uh, someone else just got a huge promotion, is now with World Bank. Uh, it's just across the board, and it's a book I'm really proud of, and I I wish I could give them away to free to everybody because you need to pick it up. It's going to change your life. You say more than you think. People can actually pre-order them now on Amazon. Uh, I think it's $25. It's a hardcover book, but right now they're selling them, I think, for $16.50. Wow, that sounds like a great buy. I love case studies. We use quite a bit of them uh, throughout the total system as well. You know, one question that I'm just burning to ask you is what is the best way to show appreciation and that you have someone's best interests at heart? I always say you need to fine-tune or find something that's great, that's a fit for you. Like for me, my big thing is you can buy these Hershey bars, and uh, they are five-pound Hershey bars. There's a sign that's, you know, the size of your windshield on your car, basically, they cost $50, and it says Hershey, and where it says milk chocolate, you can change the name. So I could put Cheryl, you are so sweet. And I send these out to any big adventures that I'm doing, whether it's getting a new client like an AOL or whether it's going on the Today Show for uh, the first time or the fifth time. If something extraordinary happened, I send those out. You can also order M&Ms now, and they're dirt cheap for $9.00. You can get a bag of M&Ms, and they give you two different colors, and you can put two different words on it. So I can have your name on one, Cheryl, and the other one, you rock. And you get this bag of M&Ms full of Cheryl, you rock, Cheryl, you rock. 
simple little things, or even just getting a bag of, I'm a chocolate person, as you can tell, but a bag of M&Ms for like 50 cents or 75 cents at the store, including it in a card and saying, meeting you was so sweet, thank you for taking the time. That's really uh, above and beyond. Now, I will caution this with job interviews. Do not send uh, Halloween cards. Do not send Easter cards, Valentine's Day cards. Hiring managers and recruiters feel like it's um, crossing a personal boundary, and by doing so, will you do the same when you come on board? Will you cross boundaries that you shouldn't cross? So be cautious. I find that a typed letter or a simple handwritten thank you note goes a long way in the professional setting. Yeah, very important. Well, we just have a few seconds left in the show. Tell us uh, where our listeners can get more information on the Body Language Institute. I'd love to tell them. So it's bodylanguageinstitute.com, bodylanguageinstitute.com. That's more informational based on what our programs are. We have some special offers. We're working within people's budgets right now to help generate business and success within our communities. So don't be afraid when you see the prices. If, if you have a budget concern, call the 1-800 number on the top of the screen at bodylanguageinstitute.com, and we will work with you. And if you want to see some free videos of, of me being on national television or some free articles, I have a free online test. People can go visit my personal website, which is liontamer.com, L-Y-I-N as in nickel, T as in Tom, A-M-E-R, because I can tell people are lying. So L-Y-I-N, liontamer.com. I have my free videos there, and I have a free online course, how to, how to uh, use body language to get what you want. Well, this has been a jam-packed program. Thank you so much, Janine, for being with us today. Next week, we're going to have another exciting guest, so be sure to join us. Thanks again, Janine, for being here. Thanks again for joining us this week on Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Remember to join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, right here. Have a great week.